welcome to Sunday morning. So glad you're here with us today. Uh, when I arrived at the church this morning, there wasn't a snowflake to be seen, and now it's everywhere. I'm loving this lake effect, um, especially since you guys came anyway. I'd have been disappointed if you didn't show up, but since you're here, I like that it's white outside again. I was missing it. Um, so uh, we have been talking about prayer. If, if you started with us the, the Daniel fast three weeks ago, then you know that today is 21 days after we started. And uh, you can be real excited. If, if, if you want to know how the Jews did it, the end of the day was sunset, which is approximately 545, by the way. Um, if you are looking to end your fast uh, this evening or, or tomorrow, whenever it is um, that you had planned, um, we have been focusing for the last three weeks on prayer. We've been focusing on it. We've been teaching on it each week. And today, um, I want to look at how Paul prayed. And we got a little bit started last week after we talked about the types of prayer. But before we get into it, I went looking to see what do people usually pray about. Now, I couldn't find a study that was post-COVID crisis, but I did find something from 2017 by the Barna Group. And uh, we might be able to put that display up there. It says here that, of, and by the way, this is the percentage of people that prayed for each topic um, of people who said that they pray at least once in the last three months. I hope we're doing better than that. Um, but 62% of them said they pray for gratitude and thanksgiving. 61 said for the needs of their family and community. 49% um, said they pray for personal guidance in a crisis. Uh, 47 for their own health and wellness, 43 confession and forgiveness, 40, another 43 um, when they feel compelled or urged to pray about something spontaneously, 41 was safety in their daily tasks or travel, 37% a sense of peace, 37% uh, also prayed for their meals, blessing their meals, 34% prayed for specific requests given to them by others, 24% um, prayed for their nation or their government. I hope that that goes up. 20% uh, concerned uh, concerns about global problems and injustices. 12% for their sleep. It made it to the top 10. I thought that was interesting. 8% uh, recite scriptures or passages, and then another 8% for an other. So I thought it was interesting, and there's nothing wrong with praying about any of these topics. It's, it's, I'm, not, I'm not here to say, oh, everybody's doing it wrong, we got to change. But I want to look and I want to compare what most of us are doing to the way that Paul prays in the Bible. Okay, so today I'm hoping to, to learn a few things, but I also hope that we learn how to learn. So we're going to jump in to some scriptures. But before I get to Paul's prayers, um, I want to start with the basis of 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. It says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know we have what we asked of him. This verse is foundational for our prayer life. 
how do we know that God hears? Paul says we have this confidence. We know, we have God's word that he is listening to our prayer. If we don't understand that, now if you look, oh my goodness, we could spend a lot of time talking about this, but if you look at the different things that people have done to try to ensure that they are heard by God, They will wear certain outfits. They will go to certain places. They will do all kinds of things. Why? Because they want to ensure that they're heard by God. We, we, can, we can look within Christianity. We can look at different denominations within Christianity and see all kinds of things. Well, if I put this up on the wall, if I put this over my door, if I, if I wear this amulet, if I do this and if I do that, then maybe... God will hear my prayer. If I repeat this prayer and that prayer a certain number of times, well, then maybe. If we go out beyond Christianity, we see that mankind in general wants God's attention. And we can see crazy things that have happened in history when people were trying to get God's attention. Sacrifices, human sacrifices. I remember going to the pyramids in Mexico where the historical reports say that thousands, even in a day, thousands of people would be sacrificed all in the attempt to get God's attention. We don't have to do that. Yeah, thank God we don't have to do the, 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 the sacrifices, but not only that, we don't, we are, our being heard by God is something, Paul describes it as a confidence that we have. Let me read that again. He says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. So coming at prayer with the confidence that God hears me when I speak and pray and request according to his will. Let's go and look at some of Paul's prayers. All right? I'm going to start with Ephesians chapter 1, 17 through 19. Paul says this, I keep asking that the God of the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So that, a very important phrase, so that, you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength. Now, Paul makes a statement, and I hope you caught my emphasis there. He says, pray so that. So that our prayers should have purpose. And it's interesting that when he makes a request, 
his prayer isn't simply a request. His request is for a purpose. He prayed for something, for something. Let's go back and listen again. He says, pray that the Lord God, or or, excuse me, God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What is he praying for? A spirit of wisdom and revelation. So that, but his request is for a purpose. He says, so that you may know him better. It's interesting, in our top list of things that we, and that that was a, a study done in America, so I'll say we as Americans pray for, wisdom and knowledge wasn't on the top ten. Understanding God wasn't in that top thing. But Paul, he prays, pray for wisdom and understanding so that you know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order, again, that you may know the hope which he has called you and the riches of your glorious inheritance in his holy people. Now, we could probably argue that that glorious inheritance, that's part of that personal needs section that many of us Americans pray for, that we have been given. Let me go back. I'm going to look. Personal needs, the needs of my family and community was number two at 61% of us. So most of us are familiar with praying that our needs would be met. But look at how Paul did it. He prayed that we would become aware of God's inheritance so that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength. So he's praying that we would know God better, that we would know the hope to which he's called us. He prays that our eyes would be opened. He prays that we would know and understand the riches and the gloriousness of his inheritance and that we would know his power. That's one of Paul's prayers. So let's go to another of Paul's prayers. This is Ephesians chapter 3. And again, he describes the type of prayer that he wants us to pray. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So he has prayed that you and I, the church, would have power through the spirit so that. Anybody catching the theme? The title of my message, by the way, today, so that. This is is a repeating theme. He says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you be rooted and established in love, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. I keep, the, 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 the two things that stand out to me over and over in his prayers is first, is that he prays with purpose, for a purpose. 
And the second thing is that he seems so focused on what we understand. He doesn't focus on what we have, but on our understanding of what we have. He says, I pray, not that, oh, I pray that God would love you. He doesn't pray that. He says, I pray that you would know how deep, how wide, how profound, how encompassing God's love is for you. You see the difference? He's not saying, oh, I pray that you would finally get what God wants for you. No, I pray that you would understand what the inheritance is that you already have a right to. He says, I pray that you would grasp, that you would comprehend, that you would understand, realize, recognize, see how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know, again, Paul, his prayer is so much different than my prayers were prior to looking closely at what his prayers looked like. Because my prayers were focused on, well, God, please send me some of the blessing that you said. Please give me some of these things. And that was, but I look at Paul and he says, no, I pray that you would realize what you have. He says, to grasp how wide it is. And then verse 19, and to know that his love surpasses, that surpasses knowledge, that, again, another so that, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So what did he pray? He prayed that Christ may dwell in our hearts. He prayed that we would grasp how high, big, deep, wide is his love. He prayed that we would be filled with a measure of God of all fullness, that we would know the wet width of his love and that his, our knowledge of him, excuse me, that his love, we would, uh, I'm getting tongue-tied, we would know his love that surpasses knowledge. So Paul, again, is praying for the purpose of expanding our understanding. When Paul prayed for the church, he didn't focus on God, send them the things they don't have. He prayed, God, let them see, know, and understand that which you have already given them. Next Pauline prayer, Colossians chapter 1, 9 through 12. He says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge. Here he goes again. When Paul starts praying, where does his focus immediately go? I want God to fill you with knowledge. Of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. The Spirit gives wisdom and understanding. Not might give, I hope he would give 
He used to give, but gives. As in continuing. He says, I pray that God would fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Here it comes. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. Paul says, my prayer is that your knowledge and understanding would grow based on the wisdom that the Holy Spirit is giving you. Now, here's here's the way I, I can picture this. The Holy Spirit is actively offering me, there, giving to me wisdom and understanding. The question is, what am I doing? Am I, am I receiving, am I actively tapping in to this wisdom and understanding that the Holy Spirit is actively trying to give me on a daily basis? This is Paul's prayer. He says, I pray so that, so that you will receive. Colossians, I just lost my train of thought there. There we are. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Now, we have just read multiple prayers that Paul prayed, described in detail. We, I think, if he wrote the majority of the New Testament, how many of you agree we can learn from him? So, this is is my challenge to you guys. I would encourage you, take those scriptures, and if you didn't remember what ones and you didn't write them down, if you just Google Pauline prayers, prayers of Paul, you'll find a list very quickly. And you can go back. I encourage you, look at that. And then let's contrast, compare and contrast how Paul prayed to the way that we are praying. How do I pray Do I pray focused on simply receiving something? Or do I pray, even when Paul prayed that we would receive something, he prayed it for a purpose. In this last one, just to summarize like I did the others, he prayed that we would live worthy. He prayed that we would please him. He prayed that we would have great endurance and patience. He prayed that we would... Um, give joyfully. He prayed that we would share an inheritance. He prayed that we would have the knowledge of his will. He prayed that we would have wisdom and understanding of the Holy Spirit. And he prayed that our knowledge of God would strengthen us. Now, it's interesting to me that the first verse that we read talked about 
knowing that God hears us, do you guys remember what was the one condition? Do you remember? That verse did have a condition in it. Let's go back to 1 John 5, 14 through 15. It says, this is the confidence we have in God, in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. God's will. It is important for us to know God's will. And I want to bring up a story from the Old Testament. How many of you remember King Solomon? Now, I don't know what comes to mind first when you think of, of Solomon. But he had, he, just like many people in the Bible, there are some amazing things that he did. And then there are some very not-so-amazing things that he did. Today I want to focus on what I would consider his, his crowning achievement. And that is, in 1 Kings 3, verses 5 through 14, God appears to him in a dream and offers him anything. And let's look at his response. It says, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Period. Can you imagine if God came and said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Period. Wow. So, what does Solomon do. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I am only a little child, and I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So, then here comes his request. Give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people, to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Solomon's response to God, when God said, I will give you anything you ask for, Solomon's response was, I see your faithfulness to my father who served you, and I, I see that me being in this position is really a reward to my father for his faithfulness. But now I'm tasked with leading this great people of yours. The one thing I ask is that you give me wisdom, and we could rephrase this, so that I can govern your people. Solomon responded, when God said, you can ask me anything, he said, I want to serve your purpose. God's response to him 
The Lord was pleased, verse 10, that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for the discernment in administrating justice, I will do what you asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David did your father, I will give you a long life. So Solomon could have asked for anything. You know, I believe with all my heart, if he had just said, make me the richest person alive, he would have simply the richest person. God suggested some of the other options he had. He said, you know what? I want to, to, to destroy my enemies. Okay. He could have asked for so many different things, but he sought to fulfill God's purpose. And when he did that, then God fulfilled all of his purposes. All of his purposes. It brings a total new meaning to the scripture that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. We recognize this is not just a new thing. This is a pattern that God has had throughout the ages. He says, When you align with my purpose, I will align with yours. When you align your purpose, when we pray and, and explain. It's interesting to me that when Paul prays, he doesn't just ask for something. He clarifies what he asks it for. He says, I am asking for this so that. When, when Solomon asked for wisdom, he didn't just say, give me wisdom, did he? He said, give me, grant me wisdom so that I can lead your people. And what did he know was God's purpose for his life? To lead God's people. When he spoke to God, when he replied to God, he described, he connected his request to God's purpose. He demonstrated how his request was connected to God's purpose in his life. That is the recipe for a powerful prayer. When we request, so many of us have started uh, a prayer, what, whatever. Today, it's snowing. Some of us may have prayed, Lord, protect me on the road. Is there anything wrong with that prayer? Absolutely not. But if we were to pray that prayer the way Paul prays that prayer, what would it look like? Lord, guide us, protect us so that. And then he would align it 
with God's purpose. So that I can go to church and worship. So that I can fulfill the purposes that you have in my life. So that we can complete. Do you, do you see how Paul prayed? He connected what he was asking for with his, the known will of God for his life or our life. We, as we pray, need to seek scripturally, what do I know is God's will? And then connect that, so that, so that, this or that. The scripture is full of so that's. Matthew 8.17 says, And that was spoken, that was, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses or our diseases. Healing is so that God's prophetic words would be fulfilled. When, when, when we look, Matthew literally says, hey, this happened so that God's profession of purpose would be fulfilled. When we pray for healing, we can pray that that healing, so that your promises may be fulfilled. And why do we desire healing for that person? So that that person can fulfill God's purposes for their life. God doesn't, he doesn't just, I guess one of the things that I hope that we walk away from here is we aren't just tasked with hopefully praying something that coincidentally aligns with God's will. Paul didn't simply pray something that was God's will. Paul, in his prayers, actually applied his prayer to God's purposes. Do you see the difference? It's not just, well, I'm just going to pray for something that I kind of hope is God's will. No, Paul literally described in his prayers how his request aligned with God's purpose. When he prayed, he prayed so that this would happen. Lord, I pray that they would know this so that. And that I pray, let's keep going. There are so many. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, it says, And having called him to him his 12 disciples, he gave them power over unclean spirits so that they should cast them out and heal every disease and, and every uh, bodily weakness. Let's read that again. Having called to himself his 12 disciples, he gave them power over unclean spirits so that they should cast them out and heal every disease and every bodily weakness. Wow. They were given authority. We have authority so that healing would take place. That is the reason. Why did he give the disciples authority? He gave them authority so that they would heal 
every, some, no, every disease. Let's look at Matthew 26, verse 41. Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We should pray so that we can fight temptation. Pray so that we fight temptation. There was nothing wrong with the list of popular prayers at the beginning. But it's interesting to me that when I go into Scripture, I don't find the same list in what Paul was praying. But he says, stay awake and pray so that you won't enter temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mark chapter 14, 38 says something very similar. It says, stay awake and pray so that you won't enter temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Same as Matthew 26. Luke 21, 36 says, but you shall be alert at all times, offering earnest prayers so that. So your prayers are so that you will be strong enough to escape all these things that will happen. Wait a minute, let's just read that again. Let's think about 2020 as we read this. But you should be alert at all times, offering earnest prayers, so that you will be strong enough to escape all these things that will happen and appear in front of the Son of Man on that day. You know, sometimes things happen and and people get worked up like it's because... You know, the church didn't pray enough. This happened, that happened. The Bible says, pray so that you will be strong enough to escape. Those things that will happen. There are things that are going to happen. Have you read Revelation lately? The good news is that ever, it does end. God created the earth in a state of paradise. Sin entered the world. God created a plan to restore the world to a place of paradise. Newsflash, if you did not realize this, you are going to go to heaven, but then heaven is coming here. You realize that? We have this idea sometimes, we get it from cartoons, that heaven is this place a bunch, and on top of a bunch of clouds, and that's where we're going to spend eternity. That's not actually accurate. God created the earth in a state of, of paradise. Sin entered. He put together a plan to restore earth to a place of paradise. And it will happen. But before it does, it's going to get ugly. Revelation talks about a lot. It's going to happen. But we can pray that we are strong enough. This is the verbiage that, it, that appears there in Luke. 
strong enough to escape all these things that will happen and to appear acceptable in front of the Son of Man on that day. Interesting. Mark chapter 3, verse 14. And he appointed the twelve so that they would be with him and so that he could send them out to preach. Missions is one of God's purposes. That is a so that. We should pray. What did, what did God say? He, he didn't say, this is always blowing my mind. He didn't say, pray for the unsaved. He said, pray for the harvest that laborers would be sent. God prayed for the, he asked us to pray for the action so that the result would take place. The result is obviously lives saved, souls saved, the harvest brought in. But God didn't say, pray that people would be saved. He says, pray that laborers would go out so that. We are... I believe we are called to pray so that prayers. I believe we are called to declare God's will done. That we are to pray for things so that God's will can be done. Mark eleven twenty five, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him so that. Your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your sins. Forgiveness is a so that. He says, pray and forgive so that. Mark, or excuse me, Luke 1, 3 through 4. With this in mind... Since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty concerning the things about which you were taught. The Bible was written so that we could have certainty. That's it. The, the Bible... This is, this is Luke describing the reason he wrote his book of the Bible. He says, I wrote it so that you can have certainty about the things that you were taught. Luke chapter 1 verse 74 says, He granted us deliverance from our enemy's grip so that we could serve him without fear. What is the purpose of deliverance? Is that we could serve God without fear. He says, he granted us deliverance from our enemy's grip so that we could serve him without fear. Luke chapter 10, verse 19 says, I have authorized you to trample on serpents and scorpions and triumph over all the power of the enemy... Say it with me. So that nothing shall be capable 
of doing you any mischief. Another translation would say harm. Why are we protected? We are protected so that we can trample the power of the enemy. We, we, we get it backwards sometimes. No, I am praying for protection, not for my sake, but for his purpose's sake. John chapter 5, verse 40. And still you are not willing, but refuse to come to me so that you might have life. Our purpose of coming to the Lord is to have life. John 3, 14 through 16. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. That. The, the, the so isn't there, but the meaning is the same. So that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that, we could put the so there as well, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John twelve thirty five. So Jesus said to them, you will have the light only a little longer. Walk while you have the light. Keep on living by it so that darkness may not overcome and overcome, overtake and overcome you. He who walks about in the dark does not know where he is going. He is drifting. So that salvation, so that light. John 16, 24. Up to this time, you have not asked a single thing in my name as presenting all that I am. But now ask and keep on asking and you receive so that your joy may be full and complete. I just want to encourage us that as we go about our, this, our goal is that we will have a year of pursuing God's purpose. Not just a year. Some people have asked me, what is your, what is your vision for this church? This is my answer. I desire to equip this church, being all the people you hear. I believe that this church exists to equip you to fulfill God's purposes for your life. I'm, we're, we're not here for Sunday morning. Sunday morning is here for you. It is our goal. Emily and I have discussed it many times, and we over and over, we just come back, we say, we are here to equip you guys to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Someone says, well, what's the next ministry that's going to, to open at this church? I say, I don't know. God's put it in one of your hearts. And I'm here to help you accomplish God's purpose in your life. We, we are here as a church so that God's purpose can be done. As we pray this year, I pray that our prayers would be so that prayers. That when we 
request something of God, that we follow Paul's example, and we find and connect what we request to the fulfillment of God's purposes. That is the recipe for a powerful prayer. And if you say, well, I don't know how that aligns, then comes the fun part. Learn. Get in the Word. Find out. This thing that you want, find out. Does it connect to God's purpose? Is your physical health connected to God's purpose? Can you fulfill God's purpose Sick in bed and at home? Probably not. Yeah, it's there. Plus, we have God's declared purpose in us being healthy and well. But I use that as an example. What about the, the finances in your home? How does that connect to God's fulfillment of his purpose in you and in this church and in this community and in this city? If, are you praying for blessing because you just need another stall in your garage to put another car? Is there anything wrong with with having another stall? No. But how does that fulfill God's purpose? We look and see God blessed The the people that God used in the Bible, they were blessed. They were blessed. I like what someone said. They said, if God can get it through you, he will get it to you. And he's talking about blessing. When we say, God, give me a raise at work. Okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that prayer. But how does that prayer connect back to God's purpose? Pray, Lord, I want to see financial blessing so that I can fulfill your purposes, so I can give to your kingdom, so that I can accomplish what you have put on my heart. So that, pray, so that prayers. As we pointed out, Jesus was sent died on the cross so that you and I could be forgiven. Step number one is getting right with God, recognizing that we need his forgiveness. If you're here and you know that you're right with God, you know that your sins are forgiven, I want to ask you just to raise your hand. If you're watching online, most hands came up. Now I want to take a moment Just close your eyes so no one else feels embarrassed, even though this is nothing to be embarrassed about. If you're here and you don't know that you're forgiven, and if you're watching us, Facebook or YouTube, if you're watching us and you don't know that you're forgiven, I want to invite you to know. Jesus said in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus died on the cross, and believe in your heart that he rose from the dead, you will be saved. What does that mean? 
What are you saved from? You're saved from the sin that separates you from God. If that's you and you want to know for sure that you are forgiven, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. Is there anybody here? There may be somebody watching, so we're going to pray with them. If you're watching at home and that's you, I just want to invite you to repeat this prayer with all of us right now. Say, Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus who did not deserve to die, but who gave his life in my place. I accept the forgiveness of sin you offer and recognize that he rose from the dead. I make you the boss of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.